Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, and welcome to the show, everyone. As you know, this month of July, we have been celebrating the Americans with Disabilities Act every year for the past nine years. I have had in that month people from uh, I Dare Dart to uh, Dick and Jenny Thornburg, Tony Quello, Senator Harkin, and this month, so exciting to have a new national disability leader in our community. He is the president and CEO of the largest cross-disability group in the United States, which is the American Association of People with Disabilities. On our show today is Mr. Mark Periello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, Mark, I think we should begin by you telling our listeners what made you decide to become an advocate and a leader in the nation for Americans with disabilities, because so you all know this, it isn't that like he had this terrible job, no job, and said, oh, if only I could work there. Actually, he was at the White House. So for us, it is really great that we were able to get him. So, Mark, why did you decide to be an advocate? Well, you flatter me, um, but thank you, Joyce. Um, there are so many reasons why I decided to be an advocate. Um, you know, the first reason is I'm a person with a disability myself, uh, or disabilities, um, is, which is often the case. Uh, I am monoocular, uh, which means I am blind in one eye, um, and so I am blind in my right eye. Uh, I've been blind in that eye since about three or four years old. I was a little too young uh, to remember the exact dates, um, and I also have ADHD. And so throughout my life, uh, you know, I had been doing uh, a lot of work on the sidelines um, to to make the world a better place for people like me and people with disabilities, um, uh, but had not really been a part of the quote-unquote movement. Um, another reason why I was so dedicated um, in doing work around people with disabilities is my uncle has Down syndrome, um, and I think a lot of folks know this at this point, but maybe uh, many do not, uh, that he grew up with me. So he was more like a brother. He, he lived with me um, from my youth um, all through high school and college, uh, and so have been dedicated uh, to helping make the world uh, better for Chris as well. Uh, but um, as, as folks 
very likely do know. Uh, you know, my professional work did not focus around advocacy for people with disabilities, but it did focus on advocacy. Um, and so something is, that is very near and dear to my heart in general is making the world a better place for all people, regardless of race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender, disability, etc. Uh, one of the fundamental things that we believe in America is that all people are created equal. And that is something that, that I take to heart um, and something that I really believe. And so uh, whether it is fighting for people with disabilities um, like us or fighting for other communities, uh, there is a lot of work to be done uh, to fulfill that, that really fundamental tenet of what it means to be American and if you, I guess I want to recite maybe a couple of stories uh, from the past year that I think really drive home some of the reasons why I feel like this work is important and why I will do it until I have, you know, uh, you know, uh, an epitaph on, on a gravestone somewhere for the rest of my life. Um, you know, employment. Right? You know, when you look at employment for people with disabilities, um, you know, we are absolutely unemployed and underemployed at rates that just far exceed um, other communities, under other underrepresented communities. And there is a lot of stigma that feeds into that. There is a lot of preconceived uh, notions about what people with disabilities can achieve and do in the workplace. Um, and really a lot of discrimination. And so, you know, I was recently, you know, met a, a gentleman, uh, a chair user, um, who was here in D.C. Um, to do some lobbying um, around some issues, uh, not necessarily related to employment, um, but related to technology. And he and I were talking. And, he, you know, he said, what's the number one thing that you think you could do while you're at AAPD? And, you know, I said, changing employment opportunities and employment outcomes for people with disabilities. And he said, you know what? I hear it all the time. I, you know, um, had a spinal cord injury 22 years ago. I'm a college graduate. I am just as smart as anyone out there, and I have been unemployed for 22 years um, because people can't see past my wheelchair. And we need to change that, right? He had, is at this point where he had almost given up hope. Um, he obviously hasn't given up all hope because I don't think he would have come to D.C. to do that lobbying, um, which is heartening. But 22 years unemployed simply because of a spinal cord injury. And that's what we need to change. You know, I was working with a brilliant, and I'm actually going to change some of the facts of this story, but a brilliant young man who happened to be deaf, and he wanted to go work for another friend of mine, and we sent over the resume, um, and, and I get a call, which is, you know, we can't do this. And I'm like, so why can't you do it? And the same questions come up, right? You know, the cost of accommodation, you know, Literally, the question was, you know, folks need to work long hours. Can he work long hours? I was like, he is deaf. That has nothing to do with whether or not he might be able to work long hours. Um, and it shows just the misunderstanding that people have about our capabilities and about, quite frankly, the costs of accommodations, which are not very much in most instances. So he goes in for the interview, but they don't hire an interpreter. They have someone on staff who 
they think can sign. And so it goes horribly, of course, right? Absolutely horribly. Um, and he doesn't get the job. And so I call and I'm like, look, you all need to do this and you need to do it right. And what you did was, quite frankly, illegal. First of all, saying that, you know, the cost of accommodations would prevent someone from getting employment, illegal, right? Not hiring a professional interpreter, illegal. Um, fortunately for them, they had someone like me who they could come to um, and really push them. So he goes in for the second interview, knocks it out of the park. Um, they bring in a professional interpreter, and he is now with that company, and he is doing absolutely outstanding work. But that story is the type of story that goes behind these huge unemployment numbers that we have to change. And there are good people who want to do the right thing, but they just don't even know how to do it. And so that is what we need to change. That is why I do this work, because the the future for people with disabilities is wide open, and we are going to achieve great things, and we are going to change those unemployment numbers, uh, but it is going to take a, a long and dedicated effort to make it happen. You know, when I hear you telling these stories, I mean, this would be like interviewing, you're a hearing person, interviewing for a job, and you're having to use a phone, but they're not going to give you a phone. They're going to come and write down with paper what's being said back and forth. I I mean, this is terrible how people with disabilities face this incredibly high unemployment. And, Mark, I really appreciate you speaking up for us, speaking out for us as the CEO of AAPD because we need a leader doing that for us. And speaking of AAPD... And the month of July, you just had the Justice for All event, and I do have a message for you, Mark, after you talk about it. So why don't you tell our listeners about it? You got it. Um, So, and if I haven't said it yet, um, you know, thank you to you, Joyce Bender. Um, You know, you're talking a lot about my leadership. Um, For folks who don't know, Joyce is actually the chair of AAPD right now, and it has been absolutely tremendous and powerful to work with Joyce, to learn from Joyce, and and to see your passionate advocacy. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. But to answer your question, so we did just have our Justice for All event, uh, and it was absolutely outstanding. And so what we do uh, to celebrate the anniversary of the ADA every year is we have an event on Capitol Hill where we honor our champions. And this year was no exception. Um, There were absolutely outstanding leaders um, from Congress. Uh, We had a governor. Uh, we had a business, and we had a grassroots activist. And so I'll run through really quickly who they all were. Um, but when you look at it very holistically, it is all about the fact that if we are going to make significant changes um, as a community, it takes everyone playing their part, whether you're an elected official, an activist, uh, you know, elected out in the states, uh, a business, uh, we all have a role to play in changing the paradigm for people with disabilities. Uh, our first awardee was Congressman Jim Clyburn from South Carolina for his work that he has been doing to protect the right to vote for people with disabilities. And for folks who don't know, you know, you might hear a lot in the news about voter ID laws and efforts uh, to make sure that people who don't have IDs can't vote. 
Um, and oftentimes that is discussed under the, the rubrics of race. But for people with disabilities, many of whom don't have IDs, these laws are absolutely discriminatory against us as well. And so 22 states at this point have passed restrictive voter ID laws. Uh, and we are working with Congressman Clyburn at the federal level um, to pass national legislation um, that would really turn this entire debate around. Um, because for people with disabilities, there is nothing more fundamental than the right to vote. It's how you make change. It's how you're able to seize power in America. Uh, and it's absolutely important that we fight to protect that right to vote. Um, Believe it or not, another piece that is happening in some states that we are trying to stop uh, is literacy tests for people with developmental disabilities. And so when was the last time you heard of a literacy test to vote? Um, and so there really are efforts underway to, to make the right to vote something that we shouldn't take for granted. Um, the second person that we honored uh, was Congressman Frank Lobiando. Uh, he is a Republican from New Jersey, and he has been doing absolutely outstanding work around veterans' issues and wounded warriors um, as they return home from the battlefront. Um, you know, making sure that they have access to quality health care, uh, you know, really pushing to make sure that uh, folks who need service animals are able to, to you know, have access to that um, accommodation, which is absolutely critical for so many folks who have been wounded in battle. Um, and across the board, he has just been an absolute great champion for people with disabilities, um, and quite frankly, somewhat of an unsung hero, I think, from our community. He has been doing great work for quite a bit of time. Um, the, the grassroots activist that we honored was Gary Arnold. So he runs Little People for America. He's actually based out in Chicago where he works for the Independent Living Center, Access Living. Absolutely outstanding. Um, Gary and I and our, both of our teams have been partnering with each other for a long time now. Um, since I started at AAPD over a year ago, uh, he and I did a lot of work around the dwarf tossing legislation down in Florida. Um, and, you know, Gary gets full credit for stopping that legislation in, his, in its tracks. Um, absolutely outstanding advocate um, and someone who I think nationally people will start to hear his name quite a bit more. Um, one thing that I didn't mention is we also honored um, Gary, I'm sorry, Mark Pinsky, who is the author of Amazing Gifts, which is this incredible anthology of 64 stories of people with disabilities and their experience with faith. And it is absolutely powerful. Um, if you haven't uh, picked up a copy, um, I really suggest you do so. Uh, the, the foreword was written by Ginny Thornberg, Thornberg who uh, is uh, one of AAPD's team members. She is the director of all of our interfaith initiatives, absolute saint. Um, and, you know, if you take uh, a moment to, to pick up a copy of this book and it's available in accessible formats, uh, you, I think, will be very pleased to take the time. Um, Moving to what we talked about in the first place, which was employment and jobs, um, the first, uh, I will talk about the company, uh, Joyce, and I don't know if you might want to chime in here, because um, I know that you know them very well, but we honored Highmark, uh, which is a Pittsburgh-based company. Their chairman, um, Robert Baum, actually came to accept the award. Uh, Highmark is a... Uh, a uh, healthcare company and insurance company, a managed care company. Um, they do great work for people with disabilities, but the thing that we specifically honored them for was their work around employing people with disabilities. They 
are outstanding. They are actually setting the bar very, very high for other businesses throughout the country when it comes to employing people with disabilities. Um, and so, and not only employing people, but really showcasing people with disabilities as well. So they actually had a public uh, campaign where they were talking about work at Highmark and were featuring different employees. Um, and one of them uh, was a person with a disability. Um, and it's because they, they know the importance of hiring people with disabilities, retaining them as a valuable part of their workforce. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, the last person we honored was Governor Jack Markell, and he will be the chair of the National Governors Association uh, this year, and his signature program is around hiring people with disabilities. And so while he is chair of the National Governors Association, he is going to be working in a bipartisan fashion with all 50 governors to really focus on the employment of people with disabilities. Um, it's an absolutely outstanding program. It's very unique um, for a governor to focus on this issue, and so we wanted to really set uh, his effort out uh, early on as something that is absolutely outstanding so that he focuses on it for the next year. There's a lot of support, a lot of resources to, to help make sure that he is successful. Well, I mean... Every one of those people, fantastic. They all deserve that recognition, those awards. And we did have uh, Senator Harkin there and Congressman Hoyer. I mean, so you all know this event AAPD puts on is in Washington, D.C., is always so impressive. The caliber of individuals and the uh, people in the government and congressmen and senators uh, and or a cabinet leader that, you know, attends these events. And one of the people I want to talk about are one of the companies, Highmark, which you were right, uh, they're right here in Pittsburgh, and they are awesome. They've been hiring people with disabilities for as long as I've known them. And they're continuing hiring people with disabilities, and these are in competitive jobs such as IT, finance, accounting, um, but I wanted to say these are people with significant disabilities. And, you know, it's the only company I know that I don't have to call them. They'll call here, oh, we need another person. I mean, they are just phenomenal. But, Mark, my message for you is actually from Bob Baum, who made a point of calling uh, to thank you and to thank uh, me and AAPD um, and how impressed he was with AAPD. And, again, this is the chairman of the board of Highmark. I'm so impressed that on the Highmark Facebook page, that Justice for All event is out there. Wow, that is outstanding. I didn't really, I'm going to have to go check out that Facebook page with, right now. Wait a minute, with a link to AAPD. Wow. Thank and you, And that Highmark. just shows how prestigious this award is. I mean, it's given on the day that we celebrate the Americans with Disabilities Act. It's in Washington, D.C. Uh, I mean, it's just everything about it is so awesome. But I wanted to make sure that you knew from Bob Baum what they had done. That is absolutely outstanding. I actually hadn't realized that. And so I'm going to go make sure to share that with my friends on Facebook. Yes. Isn't that awesome? It is well, absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, one thing I that mean, I wanted to... Go, go ahead, go ahead. I just wanted to add one thing um, 
that is absolutely important um, is the event would not have taken place or been as successful if it wasn't for the help of Kathy McMorris Rogers and her staff. Um, she's a congresswoman from Washington State, um, really one of our great champions, um, and her team worked alongside AAPD's team uh, to really make sure that this event with, went out went off without a hitch. Right, and I just want to thank her also, because if we didn't have that bipartisan support, we would not be successful. We would not be able to make it. So, yes, special special thanks to um, her. And also a special thanks um, to Valerie Jarrett and the president, as we do want to be bipartisan, for uh, sending out tweets about uh, ADA the ADA and our celebration and celebrating for people with disabilities. Yeah, this is what we need. We need everyone behind this because guess what, folks? I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, independent, male, female, what you are, everyone has a disability. Every group can have disabilities. And that's why we are the American Association of People with Disabilities. And one of the events, which is one of our Hallmark programs, Mark, that I feel fits right in to employment is Disability Mentoring Day that I love so much. Would you mind telling our listeners about that and about the national kickoff? Yes, absolutely. So one thing that folks might not realize uh, is that as a young person growing up with a disability, there is a question that you often don't hear that other young people hear all the time, and that is, what do you want to do when you grow up? And it's absolutely horrible, but when it comes right down to it, expectations for many folks in our community are set very low right from the start. And can you even imagine as you're approaching adulthood, literally never being told that you can do anything that you want. You don't have that conversation of, oh, you know, the very typical uh, things that young people want to be, firefighters and police officers and teachers and nurses. That is just culturally something that often doesn't happen. It's not universal, but it is often something that doesn't happen. And so Disability Mentoring Day uh, is a program that we run at AAPD, and we partner with great companies like Walmart and Darden Restaurants. And uh, what we do is bring young people from all across the country into workplaces to experience what it means to work. Um, and so last year, I think we touched the lives of about 13,000 young people across the country um, through our great corporate partners, through the leadership of the over 200 Disability Mentoring Day coordinators that we have out in the field. Um, and what it says to these young people is you can work. There are opportunities to work. There are opportunities for careers. There are opportunities for real paying jobs. And this is what it would be like in the day in the life. Um, and so it, what's really great is um, they actually do uh, have the opportunity to see some of the things they like, some of the things they don't like. Um, there is a story of a young woman who went uh, to a Darden restaurant, and she, her entire 
uh, life, uh, thought that she wanted to work in restaurants. That's what she wanted to do. Um, and at the end of the day, she was asked, so what did you think? And her answer was, I never want to work in a restaurant. And and that's what it's about. It's about knowing that you have options, knowing that there are opportunities out there, and actually giving folks the knowledge that they need to make some decisions about their future. And it's uh, a great program uh, that, you know, APD is fully committed to seeing uh, expand and grow in the future. Um, one of the things that is really exciting about that expansion is our desire to take it from just a day to something that stretches over the month of Disability Employment Awareness Month um, to potentially even longer. Uh, because one day is good, but having the opportunity to have this conversation on an ongoing basis is something very different. Um, and so actually thanks to um, some of our very, very generous supporters, um, the Mitsubishi Electric America Foundation, we have the uh, quote-unquote pipeline project. Um, and what we are doing is taking some of the best practices from different disability mentoring day programs throughout the country, um, especially the program that is run through the mayor's office in Chicago, to develop a replicable model um, that takes it from a day to something that is longer so that we can start to see that model that more than one day models start to be replicated throughout the country. Um, our kickoff this year will actually be in New York, um, and so we're very excited about that. Again, we are partnering with the mayor's office up in New York around this, and so, you know, while there will be kickoffs all across the country, Joyce, I imagine that you will have a kickoff that I will uh, attend in Pittsburgh as well. Um, what we'll really do there is focus up in New York on um, a big event in the morning um, as young folks go out into the workplace, um, and it should be absolutely outstanding. Um, and our board members uh, up in New York actually are currently in the throes of planning some uh, panel discussions around with employers around, you know, building an inclusive workplace. Um, and so it should be, you know, really a multi-day event um, that should be outstanding. Uh, and we can share all the information uh, about those events with anyone who's interested. And that would be Meredith Ryan Reed helping us out and Ted Kennedy, Jr. And Jim Weissman. Yep. And Jim Weissman. Three great people. I'm going to tell you what, folks, you cannot miss this. This is such a great event. It really is. And as Mark said, it is a way to show people with disabilities, especially young people with disabilities, that there is hope because many people think, you know, no luck, no hope. You know, where will I get a job? What can I do? This gives them hope. And the company, it helps break down those attitudinal barriers. If you're not involved with Disability Mentoring Day, it is the third Wednesday of every October. Please go to aap.com to find out how to get involved and how to have this going on where you are. Um, because here at Bender, we've been doing this forever, and it is one of the greatest programs that really makes a difference. So I encourage you to please, please get involved. And would you not say that, Mark, that for the mentee and the mentor, um, it really does have an impact? Absolutely. You know, that's one of the most powerful things about the program um, is not only does it impact the lives of the young people who are involved, 
it really can be very transform- transformative for the mentee. So for the person who the young person is shadowing and following for the day, uh, it's, it shows folks that people with disabilities can do the same work that other folks can do um, and that we just want our crack at the American dream just like everyone else. Right. How true that is. Well, uh, Mark, in addition to this is one of our national platforms at AAPD this year, the other one is bullying, stopping bullying of young people living with disabilities, which I am very, very involved with and believe is so important. Would you mind talking about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't think that a lot of folks know, and I've been saying that a lot uh, throughout the the conversation today, but another thing that a lot of folks don't know is that 85% of students with disabilities report incidents of being bullied, 85%. That is horrible. Um, You know, there really is a silent epidemic of bullying that is happening against our young people, and it has to stop. And so one of the things that we are very focused on at AAPD now is the eradication of bullying Uh, because education leads to opportunity and jobs and freedom, and it starts with education. And if a young person is focused more on their survival than getting good grades in school, um, then that really limits uh, the future potential of that young person. And I would say, though, I would actually commend the young people who, you know, who might be going through um, some challenging times right now who might be being bullied because, you know what, if I had to prioritize my grades over survival, survival is the right choice, right? And so there are young people, they are strong, they are doing what it takes to, to you know, um, sees any of the opportunities that are available to them, but bullying absolutely gets in the way of a good quality education, and we need to make sure that it stops. And so one of the things that we did uh, is we partnered with Comcast, and we have this PSA that is running uh, across the country right now, um, and it is three absolutely outstanding young people basically looking straight into the camera saying, I am not going to be bullied. Um, And instead, they talk about the other things that they're going to do and want to do from dancing to being valedictorian to, you know, playing and watching football. And, And that's what it's about. It's about, you know, planting the flag in the ground, saying that enough is enough and it's time to move on. Because every child in America, regardless of whether or not they have a disability, should have the right to a safe learning environment. And so the PSA actually just got picked up uh, by NASCAR. And so wow. Really, yeah, right? That is awesome. And so not only is it running across the country on Comcast channels, and thank you to Comcast for the huge opportunity, uh, but NASCAR uh, actually featured the bullying, anti-bullying PSA at the Brickyard 400. And so I don't know how many NASCAR fans we have listening, but the Brickyard 400 is a four-day race at the, at the Indianapolis Speedway. And they had over 1.4 million tickets sold to that event. And so what they did is they actually not only featured the PSA on the Jumbotrons, but they were actually interviewing people in the audiences about bullying. Um, and it was an absolute great educational opportunity um, to reach folks 
where they live, which is out in the communities, out in states like Indiana and other places. And so hopefully this is the start of a really strong partnership. Um, and I have to say, I love the fact that NASCAR is standing up against bullies. Um, I think that is a very, very powerful statement. Right. And see, when someone like that does it, listen, folks, it makes a difference. Mark is not exaggerating. He knows I've been working on this for 13 years. I have young people with disabilities who have committed suicide. You cannot imagine what it's like to go through grade school, middle school, high school, and the whole way through. I don't like you. You're weird. You're ugly. I'm not inviting you to any parties, spitting on you, stealing your jacket, destroying your locker. I mean, you just can't imagine what that feels like unless you have had that happen to you. And we've got to stop it. And I'm so proud of AAPD and what they are doing because this is a beacon of hope. This is someone speaking up. And you know what? If you're a parent of a child with a disability who is being bullied or if you are a child or student being bullied or an adult that was, you should send your story to AAPD.com. And folks should make a contribution. Because guess what? It does make a difference. It helps us fight this, and that's what it's all about. We have to stop it. Again, go to aapd.com to see that video and to hear about everything uh, that we're doing to make a difference here. See, Mark, we have so many, like, Hallmark events. It's unbelievable how many we're talking about. But now, yes, we do. yeah, now we have to move on to the Academy Awards of the Disability Community. Uh, but before we do, I have out there on Twitter, tweet me if you want me to ask Mark Periello a question. So here we go. Um, we've had people tweeting to me through messages, or we've had people that emailed me prior to this show today. So here's one of your questions, Mark, and it is, uh, Mr. Periello, do you think you're going to see a change in employment for people with disabilities? And if so, when do you think that will happen? So that is a great question. There will be a change for a whole host of reasons. One, I think, You know, more and more of us are starting to enter the workplace, and there are more people who are seeing folks with disabilities, you know, succeeding and failing just like everyone else in America. Um, And so as our numbers swell, hopefully attitudes will start to change. But, But that is a long, slow process of cultural transformation. There is actually an opportunity um, that... President Obama is moving forward with, which is Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. Um, And for folks who don't know, uh, 39 years later, um, Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act has not been enforced, um, and President Obama and the Department of Labor uh, are hoping to change that. And it would require federal contractors to set hiring targets around people with disabilities, and 22% of the American workforce actually works for a federal contractor. And so that really can change the dialogue. 
um, folks will need to look at the community in new ways, um, recruit from the community in new ways. Um, and I think as that happens, people will see that, you know, there are qualified folks out there from the community, which is something a lot of people don't believe. And, and that's a shame uh, that, you know, not only are there, you know, great entry-level positions that folks from our community are, are qualified for, but there are folks who are also great for some management positions as well. Um, and so it will really transform the dialogue once it is implemented. Um, there are a lot of businesses out there that are supporting this effort, from American Airlines to Amerigroup. Uh, we just mentioned Highmark. Um, they have been very vocal in their support for Section 503, uh, and I think that that will be a very defining moment uh, for people with disabilities uh, in terms of the opportunity that is out there uh, for folks in the workplace. So, so hopefully at a certain point we will see that rule implemented, um, and I think that will be a very great day for people with disabilities. Uh, if you look in the past, uh, the federal government has used similar programs um, to spur hiring for women and African Americans and other uh, minority groups, um, and it's been 39 years overdue for us. Right. Boy, that is the truth, and it would be the biggest boom to employment for people with disabilities. And any federal contractors listening, now is the time to get a jump on that and get moving with employment of people with disabilities. I would start now. Keep in mind, this is already a law. This isn't like a new law. This is just new regulations and putting it through to enforce it. That's really what it is, and that's what it's all about. Um, but, Mark, getting back to our gala, which I refer to as the Academy Awards of the Disability Community, um, because, and it is, it is the Academy Awards of the Disability Community, and I've been t saying that for years. It is absolutely beautiful, prestigious, exciting. Um, I love it, as you can probably tell. But, Mark, how about if you talk about the program and tell our listeners when it is next year and how can they, how soon can they get involved to call you and say, we want to be a sponsor? So we have already booked the date. It is March 5th, 2013 in Washington, D.C. And so we are already in the throes of planning. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of detail yet around the uh, program, but I can just say that it is going to be absolutely outstanding as usual. Uh, you know, in the past we have had uh, amazing folks from the fashion industry, lead, from Mark Echo to Betsy Johnson and Norma Kamali, lead great outstanding fashion shows um, at the start of the event. Uh, you know, we've had celebrities from Stevie Wonder and Lauren Potter uh, to, you know, corporate leaders like Walmart and USA Network, and so it's absolutely outstanding. Um, one of the things that we do each year uh, is we give out the Paul G. Hearn Leadership Award, which honors up-and-coming rising stars in the disability community. And, you know, last year we honored two people, Amber Smock, uh, for her work as an activist in Illinois working for Access Living um, and for her work with ADAPT. Uh, we also honored Mark Barlett uh, for his work around gaming and video games and providing more access to people with disabilities to video games. And so, you know, we look really across the board at 
different things and different industries and different techniques to really move the ball forward for people with disabilities. Um, and so I think that it will be an absolutely outstanding program this year. Um, I think that if all goes well, we're going to have a very big uh, surprise, a new award, uh, but I can't talk much about that here, um, but stay tuned. And, you know, lastly, if folks want to get involved, if there are corporations listening, um, people who uh, want to sponsor the gala uh, and leadership awards, uh, they can actually email our Vice President for Development, Jason Maida, directly. Um, and I have permission to actually give out his email address here. Um, and it is jmida, M-I-D-A, at aapd.com. And so you can email Jason directly. Again, it's jmida at aapd.com. Um, and he can send you all of the information about next year's event. Um, and it really ends up being a who's who of the disability community, the who, a who's who of Washington, D.C., um, a, who, a who's who from folks in Hollywood and the media and, um, and in corporate America. It's absolutely an outstanding event. Oh, um, and it is. It is fabulous. And that's March 5th. Is that what you said? March 5th, yep. March 5th. Put that on your calendar right now, everyone, March 5th. It is fabulous. You don't want to miss, miss that. And um, so many people, Mark, I've been talking to have asked me about becoming a member of AAPD. Uh, and, and we want everyone listening to the show today to become a member of AAPD. Um, and there are many reasons why. Uh, which, Mark, maybe you could talk about a few of those things. How, but how do you become a member? So it is so easy, Joyce Bender. It's not even funny. Um, all you need to do is go to our website, which is aapd.com, and you can do one of two things. Uh, but one is there up right up in the top right-hand corner. You can put your email address right in there and sign up for our JFA listserv. Um, and the JFA listserv is the first step in getting involved. Um, we will send you information about important ac actions that we need folks out in the community to take in order to move forward a legislative agenda or a regulatory agenda. We will give you information once a week about, you know, top stories and things going on in the disability community, um, and it is the first and easiest step uh, to getting involved and getting engaged. Uh, and it's about learning um, what's going on in the community um, here in Washington, D.C., out in the states. And it's about being informed um, and being informed as a citizen um, and knowing that there are opportunities for you uh, to weigh in uh, with elected officials, um, to educate them on some of the issues that are so important uh, for Americans with disabilities. Uh, the second thing you can do is become uh, a paid member. Um, and so there's also a big donate button. Um, and so if you choose to donate, membership starts at $15 um, and goes up from there. And quite frankly, our members are the backbone of our movement. Um, the more people who are helping us do the work, the more effectively we are able to do it. Uh, so one of the things that, that people often uh, talk about when they look at my experience is uh, my time as an activist in the LGBT community. Um, and there are lots of similarities, lots of differences, um, but one big difference is that most of the money uh, for the organizations I've worked with in the past came from human beings 
from people who were interested in fighting for their own equality. Um, when I look around our movement, um, there are less folks with disabilities who are helping make sure that there are strong voices. And we need money from folks out in the country who want to make sure that AAPD is strong, that other national organizations are strong. Um, the more individual members we have, the absolutely positively more effective we will be in all of our work. Um, and so one of my big goals um, as uh, president at AAPD is to really engage more people, um, whether you can give or not, whether it's signing up for the listserv and taking actions when, when we need your voice uh, here in D.C. Um, and if you can contribute, um, helping make sure that we have the financial resources to move the ball forward for people with disabilities. Um, you know, we all know, right, that, that $15 can be a lot for people. Um, and so, you know, give what you can because every cent, every penny um, goes to APD and will make a difference in the lives of people with disabilities because that is what we do every day. When we wake up in the morning, the entire team, we go to work to fight to make the world a better place for our community. Um, and we absolutely, positively, we'll be better able to do that um, if we have more resources. So I would really encourage folks to just go to aapd.com and take a minute to sign up to do one of those two things so that we can be stronger uh, because we are absolutely stronger together. You know, uh, so much I agree with you, but I want to tell you, every morning, early in the morning, uh, when I am not traveling and I'm at home, I walk with my neighbors at like 5 or 6 in the morning for approximately a mile outside, up and down these hills. So, of course, we talk about a lot of things. And today, one of my neighbors, this young woman, she's wonderful, uh, sells those uh, products 31, which are bags and uh, all, all kinds of stuff that you can use at your home. And she was saying how they have such a strong network and one of the examples is there was this woman that needed for her family, because they were going to lose their home, $15,000. So what they did is they went to, the, it's like 20,000 people, whatever, in their network, and they were able to get 15,000 of those people to donate $1. And there you go. They had the wow. money. And I always say, when I was hearing that, I thought, so, there are millions and millions of Americans with disabilities, and if we need to have a program, donate a dollar, because if we had enough people, we could make a difference in this country through AAPD. So, think about that, folks. Put that in the back of your mind. Think about it. Well, Mark, you have been very successful in your life, and I'm very impressed with you. I think you're a wonderful leader and a wonderful young man. So obviously there are people that had an impact on you. Who were they? Who was your role model? Hmm. You know, this is a tough question because I feel like there are so many and there are, are bits, of, bits and pieces um, that I take and learn from everyone that I meet, um, whether it is someone who is hugely accomplished in their career or, you know, who knows, sometimes you, you learn something uh, from the barista at Starbucks. 
Um, and so I think that you always learn from people, um, and you should always be open to learning from people, uh, no matter who they are or where you meet them. Um, but most recently, I think the person that I would point to is Tony Coelho. Uh, the work that he has done uh, for people with disabilities is I mean, it speaks for itself from, you know, authoring the ADA uh, to the work he is doing uh, for CRPD and 503 and, you know, so many other issues. Um, it, it is outstanding. Uh, and the thing that I really respect and admire is how he is able to move important things for our community through Washington, D.C. Um, and, you know, everyone listening knows, right, there is, Washington, D.C. can be a very challenging place, um, especially these days, it seems. Um, and he is really great at bringing, you know, both sides uh, together, uh, it, which is a huge challenge uh, nowadays. Um, and he does it so effectively. Um, you know, he is very astute when it comes to sort of reading the tea leaves and, and knowing which way to go. Um, and it's always um, very, very... Uh, impressive to see, uh, and he is always thinking, you know, ten moves ahead of any, everyone else. And um, you know, I try to learn from him as much as I can. I don't think, uh, you know, I will ever be able to absorb all of his, uh, you know, great insight. Uh, but he is someone who I really admire um, and have learned a lot from, uh, and, and hope to emulate as as I move, uh, you know, into further into my career. Boy, we have a same person we really look up to. And boy, he go. does make it he does make a difference. There's no doubt about that. He makes a difference. Well, um Mark, as I was mentioning, you have accomplished so much in your life already at such a young age. But if you had to mention one thing, and by the way, over the past 9 years, these last two questions I have asked every guest. So, Mark, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? Trace, this is a really hard question. Can I have more than one? Yes. All right. Um, so, you know, I think folks know that I uh, did a lot of work in the LGBT community uh, before making the shift to doing uh, the disability work full-time. Um, and so there are, I think, a, a string of things and projects that I would point to um, that I'm pre- pretty proud of, um, but I'm also pretty modest, and so it's a little uncomfortable to talk about them um, in this context, but I'm proud uh, when it comes right down to it. Uh, you know, the first thing that really comes to mind is uh, in 2004, um, I spearheaded actually the first presidential forum on LGBT issues, and we were able to get uh, eight of nine, I think it was at the time, um, candidates from the Democratic primary to actually attend that event. Um, it was televised on C-SPAN, um, and really Sam Donaldson moderated it um, and really started to change the dialogue um, in a pretty fundamental way. It was very impactful to have folks running for president um, feel like they could get up on stage um, in front of an LGBT audience and, and talk about those issues, um, and it hadn't happened before. Uh, and so there are a lot of people that um, helped make that a success. Um, but, you know, uh, that, it was my project to manage at the time, and, and I was pretty proud of what we were able to do with that. Um, 
One of the other things um, that I think I'm particularly proud of uh, was the coalition work I did while at the Victory Fund um, to find people who were interested in serving the next president. And so, you know, there are a lot of folks um, from all different communities that were organizing um, to find people to receive appointments uh, in the administration, but we did some stuff pretty differently. Uh, so we actually started in, 2000, in May of 2007 um, really planning this event uh, or planning this program. And so, you know, at Victory Fund, we decided we want to have an appointments project, we had no idea who the next president would be. We didn't know if it was going to be a Democrat or a Republican, um, which Democrat or which Republican. We just knew that people have the power to change policy. And so we brought together a group of 14 organizations, um, all of whom agreed that it was an important effort. Um, and we worked in a coalition, and quite frankly, it went pretty smoothly, um, which is often not the case in many coalitions. Um, and we were able to identify and vet and sort of put into the appropriate, you know, professional track over 1,500 applicants. Um, and this was all people who wanted to work for the president, and they didn't even know who the president would be. Um, and so by the time the transition team rolled around, um, and actually the transition teams were in place long before the election, um, we were able to start to work with McCain's people, to work with Obama's people uh, very early um, when it came to sort of transition and hiring. And we were in, uh, quite frankly, a better place than any other constituency because we had thought so far in advance. Um, and so th through that work, um, you know, there were at this point, I think, almost 300 appointees from the LGBT community. It might be 250 or 200. I, I don't actually know the number at this point. Um, and so, you know, it was very successful overall as a project. Um, and I think when you look, um, you know, at a lot of the progress being made in such short time on LGBT issues, I would say that there are a host of reasons, uh, one of them being the president's leadership, of course, uh, but there are a lot of people on the inside who care passionately about the issues um, and, are, and are helping um, make sure that there are dialogues that are happening. Um, and so I think in the disability community, actually, it was a very similar project that Jonathan Young and Tony Coelho and Sandy Finucane uh, with uh, Epilepsy Foundation had put together. Um, and working with Paul, the late Paul Miller, um, and at that point I was at the White House uh, doing hiring work as well. Um, I think there was tremendous success in the disability community too, um, and I think it's probably something that we need to start thinking about more um, because I think when you look at our issues, um, you know, there are so many decisions being made um, on our behalf, and the there should be people from our community that are helping make sure that that dialogue happens. There are already some great appointees. Um, I'm told more than before, um, and but we could have more. We could have more, and Mark, we will use that experience you have because you are well known for your great organization skills and the success you did have in the LGBT community. So. Uh, we are going to use those same skills to do the same thing for the disability community. Um, so what, Mark, my next question is, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? So um, it is a subject that we haven't talked about um, and an important one. 
So one of the things that AAPD is focused on, along with the National Disability Rights Network, um, our friends at ADAPT, and the National Council on Independent Living, NICL, um, is hotel pool accessibility, right? And so we have, uh, in recent weeks, launched a boycott um, against the exec- hotels represented on the executive committee of the American Hotel and Lodging Association for their work to really undermine the ADA. And so a lot of folks... We hear it over and over. Swimming pools don't seem like that important of an issue, right? There are a lot of things to fight about, uh, but make no mistake, what they are doing um, around swimming pools is a very slippery slope. So the hotel group was able to get folks on Capitol Hill in the House to pass legislation that would strip DOJ of its ability to enforce this section of the ADA. Um, they have moved uh, to you know, make sure that the lifts are actually portable, so not in place permanently. Um, And, you know, as we look at ADA compliance, you know, people with disabilities should not have to ask for the accommodation like that, right? So you shouldn't have to ask if you for a wheelchair ramp if you're going into a restaurant, it should just be there. Um, And that's the next And, you know, and that's your message, and, boy, is that a good message. But I've got to end this show, and I want to end it with a quote from a famous civil rights leader known as Mark Perriello, who says, power on, and I hope you all do that in the disability community, power on, AAPD.com. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America Dot com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com.